Hello and welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. This week we have Max and Thomas from the Synth Library in Portland. And due to some time-sensitive information uh, about some upcoming giveaways and events that the Synth Library has going on, this intro is going to be extremely short, so thank you for coming. If you would like to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash modcast. Another way to support the show is heading over to podularmodcast.com and checking out the store there. Thank you to all of the sponsors, Patchworks, Novation, 4MS, After Later Audio. Couldn't be doing the show without you. I have a Christmas album out now on Bandcamp, so if you'd like to go check that out. Uh, Chris Mixtape Volume 3. Uh, it's pretty fun. A lot of the tracks were made with just Alto and Kaivo from Madrona Labs. Speaking of Christmas music, send me some of yours for the special holiday episode. And I think that's about all I've got for you this week. Let's get into this conversation with Max and Thomas. And it's rolling. We're here with Thomas and as I like to say, maximum rock and roll. And I still don't know if that is just annoying to you or no, it's, something it's you good. Wi- okay. You, you, you have my permission. <laughs> okay. Certainly, good. certainly you. Other <laughs> okay. people. Maybe not. I just, we'll I think I started calling you that at that, um, that like guitar synth expo thing. Yes. Um, yes. And I just, it's like stuck in my head now. And like, I would call you that more often than I do, but I stop my, and it's like, dude, you got to pump the brake. <laughs> it's just like, it pops in my head. Don't worry but, about uh, it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked uh, to have you both on the show. Thomas, um, I think we've known each other for going on close to six years now. We probably met at an early Seattle, you know, one of the patchworks type things. Um, Cause you know, you've been working with foreign mess for a while and we've talked about having you on the show for a long time. And I think I've said this in the past um, on the show, but like p- definitely pre pandemic, I was like, I want to just go down to Portland. It's too close to be doing them all online. I want to go take care of like, I want to like book out a, um, like an Airbnb for a week and just come and you know, hang out with all my Portland friends and do podcasts with them. But then the pandemic happened and blah, blah, blah. That's my long way winded way of saying it's glad I'm, I'm super glad to, to finally get you on the show. Um, and, and Max, obviously, uh, I think, I think you, you won me over. When did we meet? The first time we Never met, meet. you won me over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, probably at that other synth thing in Portland that was, yeah, that one synth thing. That one synth. No, it was in that like it was called Waveform. It was like in that big. Oh that yeah, big place. Yeah, yeah. Is that where we met? The kind Maybe. of atrium sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, that. I think that you're right. I think you're okay. right. Um. So. Um. But yeah. yeah. So uh, y- y'all are coming on to talk about uh the synth library in Portland, which is something that was brought to my attention again early in in this show's inception. And um, the closest thing that I've had to like talking very specifically about that on the show is I had um, Alyssa DeRubis on, but this was probably within the first year of the show. So it's been a while. So I'm super excited because I love what you do and we're going to get to all that goodness. But before we do that, because it's both of you guys' first time on the show, let's get a little background. So Thomas, starting with you. Um as early back as you want and in whatever way you want, tell me like the things in the journey, you know, what's the journey for you to end up 
with in the world of modular synthesis and then with the synth library and, and whatnot. Well, um, you know, I uh, really enjoyed being in the womb and was kind of forced out <laughs> as we all are. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's the best in some ways yet. it's been, <laughs> in some ways it's been downhill from there, but um, <laughs> I'm going to, I should skip ahead. I, you know, I did have my first existential crisis on my fourth birthday, um, but I'm going to skip past that too, because nobody needs to hear about that today. I mean, that's a um, good character builder, at least. I mean, that, that kind of, you know. <laughs> You, you, I, that makes sense from from you know the the sense that I get from you after after hanging out with you a bunch of times is you're very like you seem very even keeled and calm and smart and sweet all you know like you'd be the person Thanks, I'd Tim. go to if I if I like if I was like having some trouble in Portland and I was like I don't I I need I need some Aww. help like, you'd definitely be one of the first people that I would want to like then I'd be like Thomas can definitely like at least tell me what I need to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I guess um, my story has kind of always been one of um, helping other people's creative efforts, um, a lot of times around music and electronic music. So um, I was a teenage industrial DJ. That's also going to be the title of one of my memoirs in the future. I was a teenage industrial DJ. One of them. Um, and I got enough material for a few books, but uh, <laughs> I you know, was always um, interested in music and kind of came to electronic music by way of wax tracks and industrial record labels in the 90s. And um, after being a DJ, I co-founded a small record label and was helping friends get shows and kind of uh, worked for Austin Museum of Digital Art, which is a, a nonprofit that used to exist down there when I lived there. Um, Okay, so you're on. part of like the 4MS crew that came up from Austin then? Yes, yes. Okay, so okay. Um, we, yeah, we were we were a solid crew down there. Uh, some of the crew is, is still around. Um, also, um, I worked at music venues and started curating events and was just kind of always doing things to support other musicians. And um, I play music myself, usually in the kind of drone and experimental realm um, with some glitch and some IDN thrown in. Um, but more of the time... I don't know if I've ever seen you play or I don't know that I've ever seen you play live. It's um, it's not too often. I think I may only have played in Seattle once um, okay. at one of the modular on the spot events. And I've done those down here a few times too and, and played around Portland and uh, played a lot more when I lived in Texas. But um, definitely when Alyssa asked me to be part of the synth library, when it was launching in early 2016, that appealed to me because I really respected her vision of having an educational organization that was here to provide kind of an entry point into this world that we're fascinated by as makers and players. And, um, I've been with 4MS since 2010, but Already before that time, I was making synths for a company called Bleep Labs. So, oh yeah, making instruments. Oh my God, you! I I bought a I bought um God, what was it called? It was just like this tiny little box. Um, God, what was it called? But it had like a it had an alligator clip that you used uh, on this like capacitive touch keyboard thing on it, and it was just like a PCB with some knobs that like you just yes, the nebulophone. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> 
I got that yes. in like 2012 or 13. You may have. I probably that. built your Nebula phone. Yeah, you probably did. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I'm interested in um, in gear as a synth maker, but also I'm I'm interested in helping other people get into this world. And we know it's a super expensive hobby for people. So part of the reason why Synth Library exists is to break down some of those cost barriers and make these things available. So um, I'm sure Max and I will get into it quite a bit more, but but our, our programming in the last several years has been really focused on things like our Synth Lending Program, which allows students to take gear home and, and use it. Um, but before that, when we were located in the S1 space, we had our own recording studio set up and students could come to us for guidance. And it wasn't just a room full of synths. It was really an opportunity to, to learn from uh, a deep community here of folks who are involved in synthesis in different ways. We all have different backgrounds and different synthesis philosophies, but we all have something to give and something to teach. So we are primarily an educational organization. Yeah. So um, I started off talking about me and immediately started into what is the synth library because there is no me anymore. There's just uh, one, my work for the synth one library. One amoebic organism. <laughs> um, really quick, actually, Tons, can you maybe move that mic to where it's like more in between you and Max because the signal's really good and I'm getting some real plosives on your peas. Oh, should we, we have a pop I, filter. I think as long as you're not like going directly into the diaphragm too closely, I think you'll okay. be okay. Yeah. Um, like this? Maybe, yeah, maybe give me some pose or something real quick. Uh, Does this mean yeah. that you just lost the little drummer boy challenge just now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking A. This is great. I'm already having fun. Um, <laughs> is this going to air before December 31st or before Christmas? Yeah. Is okay. It, yeah, well, everybody yeah. just if you if you leave that in, everybody just lost. Then I, I I will definitely leave it in. Um, for that reason, and because I'll probably forget that I need to edit it out, and then I'll yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but that brought. Did you ever work at Switched On? I never actually worked at Switched On, but I definitely knew all of those folks, and um, we're psyched to have Guy Taylor, one of the former co-owners of Switched On, here in Portland now, working at Control Voltage. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so when, when I was starting the show, I wanted to record a bunch of uh, epi- like conversations before I released it. So I wasn't like trying to record them after. Dark. So I had like, I think I banked like 10 or something. And I think the, the fourth one I ever recorded was with Chad Allen at Switched On because uh, I was, I just happened to be going to Austin and I found out about it and reached out and like I walked across town and it was just, yeah, it was it was really, really cool. Um, so yeah. And cause yeah, what is it? Um, is it John Mike from bleep labs? So he has two first names that he goes, is it? Yes. John Mike is correct. Yeah. I think he was working there when I was, was there or something, but, um, yeah, okay. that's, yeah, that's a whole like tangent that I definitely didn't need to uh, bring us on, but are, so are no, you, did great. you grow up in Austin? Um, yes and no. I guess um, it depends on uh, depends on how one measures uh, when one reached adulthood. But yes and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was there for I was there for a long time, and it's an amazing city. Um, there's such a great synth community, and several synth makers have made their way from there to up here in the northwest. And mm-hmm. there's a few folks still down there doing carrying the torch. But um, 
but yeah, I'd love to get back when I can. Of course, I say that, but now it's coming up on six years since I've last been to Austin, but Dang. overdue for revisiting friends there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really quick before we, we get to Max's backstory, I'm just kind of curious. Was there like one musician or song or band or something that like that that kind of sucked you into like what is there one one thing that you would say like is maybe a catalyst that led you in into this like world that you are meshed in that you've dissolved into because it sounds like you you there's no thomas anymore it's just yes i have become synthesizer um <laughs> yeah i guess in a way um there's one formative memory um from my childhood in the 80s i used to i didn't get to spend enough time with my dad but when i was spending time with him, he was heavily into music. And so he would crank up the radio in the car and, and play, you know, music that he had been really into in the seventies. So like it was already 15 years old at that point or 10 years old, but it was still fresh for him. And so I got into a lot of um, good music from, from back then. And I remember one particular drive when he heard a song come on the radio and he said, Oh wow! This is this is that song that has a killer synthesizer solo. You got to hear this. Listen to this. And he turned up the radio, and the song was "Frankenstein" by Edgar Winter. And there's mm -hmm. a really ripping, um, really ripping solo in the middle of that. That's ARP twenty six hundred, and that was like probably my first conscious time of of knowing like this is what a synth can do. And you know, I must have been seven or eight or something like that. And I'd heard synthesizers in music before, but this was a time when it was like really at the forefront. It was doing the solo. It wasn't mm -hmm. just like in the background in the mix somewhere. Um, and that's so, a pretty rocking song anyways, too. So yeah, like it's, it's a great one. Mm -hmm. So many years later, I bought Edgar Winters ARP 2600 um, from someone else who had, had gotten it from one of his what? roadies. And uh, I, I got real excited about it because it's an ARP 2600. They're, they're exciting. Um, yeah. And I, and I called up my dad and said, hey, I, I got Edgar Winter's ARP 2600. Remember that time that you were playing Frankenstein for me when I was a kid? And you pointed out the synth solo. And of course, my dad, who's in his 70s now, was just like, what? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's still pretty. That's a pretty cool story, man. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad I asked. <clears throat> so I'm guessing you still have that yeah mm -hmm. still in the collection yes yes, yes. never never in through the cold dead hands I never yeah saw right anything. right <laughs> I, just, I filled a room at home full of synthesizers and nothing ever leaves it's a black hole <laughs> <laughs> all right max your turn all right where'd you grow up i want to know <laughs> uh yeah springfield missouri southern okay. missouri super wonderful uh and let's see. Yeah, I grew up, um, was into like indie and psychedelic rock. Like I remember in it getting like a Digitech RP200, which is like, like this, such a shitty like multi-effect. And I remember mm -hmm. just like, like digging into it a bunch. And um, I, I think my brother- 505, which is probably yeah, like that, the equivalent of that. Yeah, like, or that similar. kind of thing. Yeah. And um and just being fascinated with that, it sounds hilarious. Um, <laughs> and then started like building some guitar pedals just from like kits and stuff. And, um, you know, pl played in like, yeah, indie rock, psychedelic rock. But I think I was always in hindsight, I was always kind of more focused on like the effects chains than, mm -hmm. than the guitar <laughs> playing part. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I got into Ableton around like 2011 and kind of from there kind of built these like um, sort of live looping setups with tons of MIDI controllers and sort of recreating like a hardware environment in Ableton. And then of course, you can never be satiated. So um, I think I actually went to the synth library in, in 2016 um, and because I was curious and I did like a Buka class and like I went a couple times, but it was just too, it was too much for me. I was like, I was like in too intimidated, which, um, you know, in hindsight, um, I try to use that experience as a, um, as a guide to what to do when approaching new students. Cause I think there's like this super potent intimidation factor that comes along with, with synths, especially with modular synths. And I just want to try to burst that bubble as, as much as possible. It's so funny. Um, yeah. Because I think it, it makes sense intuitively, you know, like if you're not into it and you look like just looking at what's behind yeah. you, that looks in, I mean, that is a lot of stuff and it looks insane, but it's so funny to me that from my experience and a lot of other people that I've talked to about this, you know, it's intimidating from the outside, but it's like, I've never found a more like open and welcoming and loving community. Like yeah, I've that's you know, the paradox. Especially coming from like rock music, like playing in, you know, rock clubs and stuff and sharing a green room and a case of PBR with other bands. Like I remember just trying to spark up conversations with like people that are on the lineup with my band thinking like, Hey, we're in this together and just get like, just too cool for school. And I've, I was always just so blown away. Like, aren't like, don't you, you don't want to like, we're, we obviously both love the same thing. Don't you want to like talk about it together? Or something? I don't know. It's very weird, but yeah, yeah. no, I, I definitely have had that same experience. And, and that's why I like, I want to break that barrier, let them come into the to, to the welcoming environment. Cause it is, it is like I, you go to hardware electronic shows, people, people are just happy to like have other nerds to talk about this shit with, but it's mm -hmm. also like a great way to meet people. And that's how I got really got started with the library. And um, yeah. So then I got into electron gear and then, then I needed to modify my, analog four with a, with an oscillator. So, and then I got like, <laughs> like I was just going to get a couple modules. This was before yeah, the pods yeah, that's came, what came everybody out. Says. Just it was before the couple. pods came out. So uh, it's like, like this, like, like cubic, the tiniest oh, dope yeah. for a case. Uh -huh, really cute. One. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know that now, then I got into modular and um, really I've just started trying to perform. Um, I think I had been mental there's a mental block that kept me from doing that for many years um mm. and i'm trying to just like desensitize myself as much as possible so i've been playing some shows lately um one with my partner um kynwin who's like a math rock drummer playing drums while i was doing modular and that was really fun oh, nice. um and yeah and i um I, I came on um as a staff member for the library um, uh, at the beginning of this year, and it's been it's been really great. Um, I think this is compared to last year, we've been able to expand. Just having like some some uh, 
you know, like human hours, human capacity. We've been able to like expand our, our educational programming from, from almost nothing really to, um, to, I think we've had like 46 or 47 events and workshops this year. Um, and yeah, so, so that's been kind of my focus along with just like, um, keeping the library running, helping Mm. new members come on board and yeah, all that stuff. So I think that's so cool. And like something you both have said already that, um, I mean, obviously it's really cool to have this available to people because of the prohibitive cost, but also just like, like Thomas, you were mentioning, you know, not just, I think it was, I think it was you, Thomas, but just mentioning that like, it's not just like modular and synth stuff, but you know, there was, you know, recording equipment and everything. And, and I feel like because like it is prohibitively costly, um, but say you're saving, you have the, you have at least these the means to save up to get stuff. I think having some hands-on experience with experienced people to kind of show you is like that's got to be like that's. I wish I had more of that starting. You know, um, I mean, I had a little bit, but you know, how many times have you bought something because Ben Divkid made it look good on YouTube and then you got it and you're like, I can't, I'm not Ben. I can't do that. You know, like, so yeah, it's definitely, I think that's also a cool aspect. We were uh, recently, we started kind of back up with um, this thing called open library hours where mm-hmm. we just set up with, um, we bring some gear, but we're, we really encourage people to bring um, their own gear and just, you know, interface with us. We, maybe we can help. Maybe we can, both like pull up the manual together and yeah, we have one tomorrow from, um, oh, cool. at, um, PSU's campus. There's a wonderful makerspace called SETI. I would encourage everybody to, if you're in the Portland area to check it out. It's, um, Are they, they want, they're trying to find aliens. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I think it's like creative. Cre- what is it? Creative, creative emergent emergent technology Institute or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. But, cool. it, but like, instead of having to pay and, uh, having this like exclusive membership for this for this amazing like 3D printers and plotters and um, uh, you know everything you can imagine solder station um, motors that you can you know it uh, you just walk in and you write your name down and so it's just such a wonderful resource and they're letting us kind of come in and do some. Um, some minor like events and and workshops there. So tomorrow is open library hours um, and folks can come in and we will uh, help them out maybe. That's so cool. That is so cool. Um, Also that's, it sounds pretty awesome that um, you're getting some like uh, collaboration with other like education institutes and stuff. Yes. Yes. We've been doing some workshops at Portland community college and um, also at SETI there on the PSU campus and then doing some intro workshops at control voltage. So definitely partnering with other community organizations and venues to try to expand our reach. Um, We have some hopefully collaborations coming up with some actual library libraries as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. A little, early, cool. a little bit early to announce the details of that, but hopefully that'll happen yeah, in the next yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, well, I'm just super excited that, like, because, you know, again, I've, I've known about the, the the synth library in Portland for a long time, but now I'm starting to get, like, emails, and you know, like, I'm on the email list and, and I'm seeing movement and, and, you know, like, every time I've been down to Portland, you know, I, I like, especially that, that, like, pedal synth 
thing that we all did. Like you guys were busting your ass. You were doing a lot of work for that. And <laughs> it was, uh, it was cool to see. Yeah. Thank you. We, uh, we just got word from Paolo that he's going to be organizing another one of those synth and pedal expos here in Portland in April. So synth library will be participating again. We'll have a couple of different workshops and we'll also have a table with a bunch of gear for people to play. Yeah. Nice. That's so hopefully so cool. we'll see you there. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to come down. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to do, I want to collab on something, but, but we'll talk about that when we're not getting to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's club. I mean, any, any excuse to come down to Portland, the last few times I've come down there, I've like come home and told my wife, I'm like, yeah, if, if like, if, if money wasn't a thing, like, I think we'd probably move there at, or at least like, I just, I really would like to live there for at least a couple of years or something. I, I just, I feel, I, I don't know. I like the vibe. I like the people. Yeah. Right on. <clears throat> Yeah, um, it's a, it's a, for the size of the, um, I think what, one thing that's special about Portland is just the density of kind of electronic musicians and um, manufacturers for, mm-hmm. for like a city that, that that's this small, um, definitely. relatively. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely helps, you know, create um, a scene from whereas like other cities our size might not, might, might not have that. So I think all of us are really grateful to have that sort of community aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And being somebody, I'm not like from Seattle, but I'm from Washington and I live, lived in Seattle, um, you know, for like five or six years before I moved down here to Tacoma. Um, but you know, like there's, I think there's just a general intimidation because Portland's cooler than Seattle and nobody from Seattle wants to admit that. <laughs> and um, so everybody just doesn't want to be seen as like a fraud or whatever. And or I, I am, 100% just projecting my feelings on yeah, Seattle right now, but <laughs> I'm, I know I'm not alone in this, but yeah, I've, I've been so pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've made like a lot of, not just like a, a couple, but like, a, like a, through these events that you guys have thrown and us hanging out for them, like some people that I not only like admire as artists, but that I just really, really like to hang out with and feel like the, you know, the, you guys are my people. Like we're, we're definitely like same vibes and stuff. So, yeah. So all you Seattleites don't be so scared. That's what I'm <laughs> Well, it definitely doesn't have to be a rivalry. We, yeah. we love a lot of people and uh, companies in the Seattle area too. And we wish there were a little bit more cross pollination. We're, you know, three, three-ish hours away. It's not too far to make the trip. I'm, I'm up there sometimes and some of our friends from up there are down here sometimes. So yeah. let's do it more. Let's collaborate more and do events together and all of that. I think we should we should try to do like a shared modular on the spot thing maybe next That'd summer. Be cool. That would be cool. Um, yeah. I want to do a, a synth barbecue in my backyard next summer. Really, yes. Really <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. yeah we'll yeah. be there. We'll be there. I think I told you about that. Like you the told last me. time we were hanging I out, su- I was like, I want to do that. I, su- I want you to come play. <laughs> I suggested that we do modular karaoke too. So oh, like, right. Like yes. Lo- load up, load up some MIDI files and uh-huh. <laughs> get like uh, four people playing different parts. Oh my God. Fun. I love karaoke, so that could be dangerous. But yeah, um, we have lost the thread. But yes, sorry, <laughs> I have I have lost. I I am not steering the ship, but that's my job. You're doing great. Um, this is perfect. <laughs> um, Emotional support. Okay. So, 
I, I mean, we've we've obviously alluded to um, you know what what the synth library is. I think if anyone listening right now, like like if they had any questions that you think maybe you haven't addressed before we get on to like nuts and bolts, like what's going on like in the immediate future, like elevator pitch type stuff. If yeah, did that make sense? Well, if, what was the question? I think I if anybody wants one. to reach out. Just checking. Like, um, you know, where you can always find us, like on our email on online or our socials. Yes, um, and of course, also for old people um, like myself, synthlibraryportland.com. There's a there's a world wide web out there. And <laughs> I love we that have a lot of websites are for old people now. I'm and I am also one of the old people. I guess. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> we we don't have an app, um, but we do we do use Instagram and definitely. We're actively doing stuff all the time, so we encourage everyone to sign up for our email list and keep in touch with us on social media mm-hmm. as well and find out what we're doing. Lots of workshops, and hopefully, maybe next year, we'll be able to get back into our own space again. It was really huge for us the years that we had our own space um, in a place called S1 in two different locations. We, we had tons and tons of gear set up. Basically, the Synth Library's collection is all donated by manufacturers and individuals. So we have a huge, um, broad amount of synths ranging from keyboard synths and MIDI controllers to effects and lots and lots of modular gear. Our professional connections in the Eurorack world have um, led us to receiving a lot of really great donations of modular gear. So we put together cases and when we had our own space that all of this was set up permanently in, it was a lot easier for us to invite students to come to us. And by student, we really mean anyone. It's all mm-hmm. ages. No one turned away for lack of funds. Very accessible. Yeah. Anyone can come to us and learn about synthesis. And just to drive that home, like no one turned away for lack of funds is pretty core to our mission. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to reduce, reduce friction, reduce barriers. And um, so essentially all of our programming, all of our membership dues, they're all, um, you know, based on if you, if you can pay it then, um, and it doesn't create any sort of financial hardship. So, so like that's pretty core to our ethos. Um, if, if there's ever an event or, um, or anything related to the library that someone, um, like needs a scholarship for just send us an email and we we can make it happen and we're very happy to make it happen so oh that is really cool yeah. i like that i want to write that down actually i gotta write this i never write stuff down during the show but i'm writing this down um <laughs> cool i i also like so other than you know like are you do you accept like is there some way people could donate funds even if they're not participating but they just like what you're doing or Yes, absolutely. Um, everyone can just head for our website, synthlibraryportland.com, and you can find out how to donate. So we are membership-based, and there are lots of folks who sign up for a membership just to support us, uh, not necessarily because they're in the Portland area. So that opportunity is oh, there. Cool. And we also accept donations, too, We've had of synths. Um, we've had some people send us gear and books and other related things in the mail, even. I'm curious. There's this really, really cool synthesizer. Um, do you guys have one of these in the synth library? <laughs> We're about to. <laughs> there may be it's another. It's, there may it's be his, another like one. novelty module. Oh, it's not come a, on. It's I not a real. It, it's not a real module, but um, it is. 
I mean, I it, is. it is, but we, need, but we need it. Can you hold it up to the camera real quick? Uh, so <laughs> my, actually, hold on. Get it's kind of amazing. I got to tell you, you got to get the full, uh, the full get the full backstory. lowdown. Yeah. I had all these, these pod podular modcast blank panels made up with like the logo on them. And my friend Jenny, um, for my birthday one year, she sneakily, she had my wife give her one of the blank panels and she flipped it around and then she put, the sorry, the story is so long. Um, before the, another, uh, for a, another friend's birthday, we did this photo shoot at, um, uh, is it JC Penny? Like we went in and like put JC Penny clothes on and like I shaved into a mustache and like parted my hair down the middle and just looked like, and we basically, we made a fake cult brochure with these photos that we took and gave it to a friend for her birthday. So that's, that's the, that's the Colonel. And so there are just such a good friend. Yeah. She's, she's a very creative. <laughs> he's actually, he is the star of the bleep bloop 2000, uh, like, demo short film video. Um, so she got this blank panel panel for my wife and she, she did this like cartoon version of one of the photos of me looking super ridiculous and she put it on the panel, but then, um, you know, had my friend David Lutz who played, uh, Mott's with us when we were down there last, um, gave her excellent performance by the way. Yeah, he's amazing. Yes. Gave her some switches and jacks and knobs. So she she, you know, basically put this is this is the actual module version. <laughs> it was never going to be a module, but yeah, she put a switch in a really funny spot and named <laughs> these like apparently this is her interpretation of what modules like sound like with all these nonsensical words. And she kept telling me, like, you got to make it into a real module. And I'm like, I'm not making a module with a switch, you know, where it is. Like, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. And, and I started working with Afterlater, and Lenny at Afterlater was like, we could make that into something. And I was like, you would seriously release that? So it's just four oscillators that can uh, that go from LFO speed to uh, to audio rate and there's one output and you can crossfade between different waveforms and there's like a VCA and it's 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 a fun modulation source and you can make some cool drone stuff on it but it is not unless you really like the artwork <laughs> it's not worth the real estate in a modular case so we just did it like uh, made a hundred and that's it um, but I do have a new module coming out that I've already announced Ooh. and I want to tell you about it because. If I if I can, because um, it's not just it's it's not totally up to me, but I think if I can, I would like to donate it, donate you guys a version because it actually is a very cool and useful module. This is called Keanu. This is a matrix mixer. Get it? Um, okay, I'm with you. But it has four odd onboard uh, modulation sources, so you don't have to have external modules to use it. Two oh, function generators, channel one and two are function generators, channels three and four. Um, there's basically like these three different oscillator cores that are not linked to each other. Um, and they kind of create this like meandering voltage. So you can set the frequency that they're both gate uh, based off of with one knob. You can add slew to that individually. Um, you can control the slew and the frequency via external control. Uh, there are end of rise and fall trigger outs for both function generators. 
um, VCA inputs for each output. Um, so you can send an envelope to them, uh, bipolar or unipolar switches for each. And then of course they all have inputs so you can break the normal connection from the onboard and use any external stuff if you'd want. And it does do that is uh, fantastic. It passes audio all about matrix mixers are the, the secret sauce and they're so cool in in my, yeah, Yeah. they're just so big. You have to have four other modules. With mm-hmm. you know, so I feel like a lot of people who have smaller cases, especially you know, talking about when when you know it is so prohibitively priced, um, this could be in a small system like your modulation source. If you, I mean, it is big, but as far as like what's in there, it's it's pretty it's pretty packed. So hopefully, early early next year, that'll be released. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of time sensitive things, uh, I forgot to mention that we synth library is participating in a campaign that's uh, been going on for a month and it also runs until the end of the year. And it is the Willamette week give guide campaign. Willamette week okay. is a local publication here in Portland and they organize it, but a lot of nonprofits participate in it. And it basically celebrates the holidays as a giving time. And, um, There are incentives for giving as well. So uh, this year um, for our Synth Library Give Guide campaign, we have a couple of prizes that people can win. Really, the joy is, of course, donating to support this educational effort, but also you can win prizes. 1010 Music has donated a Fireball and 4MS... Forms has offered a, a stereo triggered sampler in a Pod Twenty with power. Yeah. Oh, nice. so re- really, some really nice, nice prizes. So if you were, yeah. if you're planning to um, donate on like a recurring basis, I would definitely recommend becoming a member. Um, we'll have also the link for the give guide on our website, um, and I'll put it in the show. But if you're wanting, as well, yeah, absolutely. And if you're wanting to make a one-off um, donation, we definitely encourage going to the give guide um, for one. It is um, how you enter into the uh, the giveaway. So definitely, uh, we can you know you don't have to be in Portland. We can we can ship it out if you um, send us some donations. We really appreciate it. It helps us do what we do. Yes, and um, for for both the Give Guide campaign and for our memberships, uh, the lowest level is just ten dollars. So we hope that's affordable for people. As we mentioned before, of course, accessibility is huge for us. So it's it's definitely possible for people to participate in our workshops and our lending program at lower or no cost if that's a barrier. But we're we're here for our local community. And we also encourage people to start up synth libraries in other places. We were the mm-hmm. first in the world, but we've since inspired some in other places. We've um seen them popping up in other places like Prague and Los Angeles and New York. And there's one in Glasgow that's just about to launch. There's also the Beirut Synthesizer Center. So we oh, wow. we would love to hear from other folks out there who are PodMod listeners who would like to start something up in their cities. And we're happy to help and give advice where we can. Yeah. Just send us an email at info yeah. at synthlibraryportland.com. And we can definitely start kind of a dialogue Um you know, we can give you some tips on how to get get things going, and you know, you know, you don't have to live in a giant metropolis to kind of have um, have some kind of nucleation point uh, for totally building agree. a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, 
I think, yeah, if you've, if, if you've got just, even if it's a handful of people, you know, I feel like stuff like this, even in, in the information age, uh, do we still call it that? Um, <laughs> uh, I think this stuff does travel sometimes best by word of mouth, you know, when it comes up organically in conversations with people who are, uh, you know, enjoying the conversation that they're in and invested in the thing that they're talking about. So uh, definitely all the listeners out there, you know, spread the word, but also I really want to lean in to, you know, what Max was just saying, like reach out the amount of people that have sent me messages, like how, how I want to start a, a modular on the spot. How do I do? And it's like, I want well, I, one, I'm not the person to ask. Max is actually the person to ask on something like that, but uh, just do it and 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 don't be intimidated about reaching out because again, everybody's nice. So like, I know that feeling because I've had that feeling when you're out there listening, like, oh, that's something that I would like to get involved in, but you know, who am I? And you know, a bunch of other people are going to do it. So like, don't, no, don't think like that. Like if this yeah. sparks anything in you, get involved because this stuff is very rewarding. Like, you know, just uh, on, I can yeah. tell the anecdote of just um, being in that same spot. And uh, two summers ago, I, like there wasn't really a modular on the spot happening. And I remember just thinking to myself, like it's such a shame to have uh, you know so many p- people in this area and not have um, a modular on the spot happening. And I just remember thinking to myself, like if I don't. I don't have any experience with event planning, but if I don't figure something out, then it's just not going to happen. And so, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was, I was very helped out by, um, Kevin Meyer, who's wonderful artist named trust anchor. He's, he's fantastic. Um, he's been musician on the show. It's and been a while, gi- but yeah, giving Kevin, to the community. Kevin's great guy. Yeah. Like one of the early episodes for sure. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. so we kind of paired up together. I was like, can you show me the ropes and, and slowly like, um, the idea is like, uh, he, he still helps out. He has the PA provides that, but, um, but you don't have to know what you're doing to, to, to set, set something up. <laughs> so this is all, it's all I'll say about that. So it could be a great way to learn how to do the thing you want to learn how to do. You know, that's one of the reasons I started yep. the podcast. I was so into modular, but I was so new to it. I just wanted to learn as much as I could and wanted to talk about it constantly. So, you know, a, a very strong argument could be made that I was the last person, at least in my head, you know, what was keeping me from maybe not wanting to do it. I'm not, who am I to do this? I don't even fucking play this instrument, but I'm glad I did. And so, yeah, yeah, just don't let those kind of things stop you. You know, just just things happen because people make them happen. And and if you're sitting around waiting for, you know, whatever to like, it's not that it doesn't fall in your lap. You have to like put in the the work to do it. And if you want to do yeah. that, you will find your people. You know, yes. I will say you don't have to be this uh, this super gregarious, uh, you know, outgoing, confident person to do it. I know I like I struggle with anxiety and depression and I, I know you've talked about that um on the on the mm-hmm. pod and so that can definitely create an or amplify the sort of imposter syndrome so we totally get it um you just have to kind of work through that um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and and i it's it's just like we've already talked about it in this show and it's it's something that every time i say now 
I, I I have to like caveat it with I know someone out there is tired of hearing me say it, but like seriously, this this community is so is so welcoming that like if you are somebody who suffers from like uh you know social anxiety, depression, and all that kind of stuff, like this is this is a great place to try to you know ease into some you know pop psych term here warning but uh you know like some some exposure therapy because this is going to be you're, you're going to find your people because we're all weird and we're all awkward and in our own ways and it's um yeah you're just not going to find any rock stars or any like super crazy assholes i don't think <laughs> also just just as an aside uh, i just want to say like the the podcast you did somewhat recently with our Benny was mm-hmm. really deep and beautiful and um you know it almost i i think i was tearing up at, at points and um yeah i think i think one thing is like this this music this world this community can help people work through um work through, through those problems and like have something in their life that um you know is a is an outlet uh that provides beauty. And, and so I don't know, mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, and I think, yeah. And also like coming at it from the angle, like of the synth library. And if you want to get involved in there, like you're also not only are you like, of course there's, you're doing it for your community and there's like, you know, like there are, I don't want to say selfish, but there are, you know, there are benefits for you, but you're also providing service for people who, Maybe, you know, who, like a lot of people who don't have the means to get into this thing, like we need things like the synth library out there. So it's not just like tech bros who can get into this kind of thing, you know, like, yeah, totally. So, so that's something to touch on briefly. Like we definitely want to, um, want to like focus on helping historically marginalized communities. Um, um, and you know, we can, we can help. Tech tech bros too. I we love. Yeah, love I'm all sorry. Kinds of, all, my all my oh, best no, no. friends are tech bros. I shouldn't say <laughs> yeah. that word. It's just because no, I'm jealous. It's, it's not like an either or. It's it's right, both right. both and and mm. um. So like we do things like with our lending program, we have um uh this this window of time where you can reserve your synthesizer, and um we have um a two day window that's like an early window for reservations for Black Indigenous. Um, queer people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so like any, any of those groups, um, can kind of, um, we want to like sort of help tip the balance, um, it, into a more like representative, more opening, um, sort of, uh, way. And, and also like, like, I, I actually don't think that the synth community is that skewed in a lot of ways towards like Bros and I don't know, think when so I look, either. When I, look, I, I was when I look about around, nice point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, mm. like, like booking modular on the spot, we had at over fifty percent, um, like women and non-binary performers, and um, without having to try, you know, it's like we're we're like an, an inherently pretty diverse um, community, and so we do try to like yeah. p- push a little bit, but but um, yeah, I I want to push back on on that conception that it's some like monoculture. Um, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm glad that I, I stumbled my way through, through how I like my, the wording of what I said to provide you with that opportunity. Cause I think that's a very good, 
that's a very important point to make because it's not because I know like especially we don't have to get into like the the climate of the culture wars of our country, but I think <laughs> I think some people can you know feel like well I, they're not going to want me to be there and it's yeah it's it's that's that's not part of it so uh it's, right. if you're into synths check it out you know like and um, i think one of the things that we've been very great at um achieving here with synth library synth library portland is that there really is a place for everyone so we had one volunteer who joined us who's really into film and then he put a bunch of time into starting a new branch of programming for us that was a partnership with Hollywood Theater here in Portland to do film screenings of documentaries related to synthesis. So that's an that ongoing so series cool. now. Holy um, shit. And then we've had other volunteers. Absolutely. Um, we have other volunteers who have found their niches doing different types of things. Um, we started having regular free meetups about video synthesis and video art. So that's a, a totally related thing to what we were already doing, but it's something that we didn't really do before. So yeah. now mm -hmm. that's that's happening. And speaking of video art, I, I do want to shout out um, uh, Matthew Rimpus, who um, is who, who alongside um, Fang over here, um, sort of created the lending program and kept kept the library, I think, from from sort of um, uh, dying during the the dark days of of the pandemic. Um, and you can see him around town doing like hardware modular video synthesis, which I think is just such a cool, like That's cool. such a niche, uh, wonderful thing to, to see. Um, so yeah, something I've always wanted to like dabble in, but just, I, it's funny. I, I kind of, I just realized this now, but I think I, I, I am feeling that like intimidation that I felt pre-modular that I was telling everybody out there who may be feeling that don't worry about it that intimidation isn't real but i think i've had that intimidation with video synthesis <laughs> so like same i just learned something about myself <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um i'm see this is this is like the hardest part of trying to steer the ship of a conversation like this is when i start to get like when I get ex so I'm excited about everything you're talking about, and now I've got all these like ideas popping off, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, you just gotta shove those to the side for a minute, <laughs> gotta focus. But yeah, um, so what's coming up? What can people look forward to in the next couple months, other than the giveaway? Well, um, we do have some workshops coming up. Uh, just earlier this week, we did our last intro to synthesis workshop of the year, but there will be more of those starting up again in January. We do we do an intro to uh, modular synthesis about once a month at Control Voltage, so definitely oh, cool. check it out. It's a good time. It's only ten bucks, um, and we usually sell out. So, so when you when you see it, you should buy a ticket. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so and cool. We've I've definitely I've been yeah. We've definitely been um, interested in inviting anyone who has any kind of expertise in anything related to synthesis to come and teach for us as well. Yes. We've had some cool. success with some virtual workshops before, but of course we prioritize in-person workshops. So if there's anyone in the Portland area listening who would like to teach on any kind of synthesis-related topic, we would love to have you. In the past, we've had workshops about circuit bending and workshops about electron machines and we're, workshops. we're going to have a um in january we're going to have a three-day electron extravaganza so some of the best oh, wow. like electron wizards in portland are going to kind of kind of like a more intermediate advanced um 
to kind of show show the tricks and stuff. So definitely okay. keep an eye oh, out cool. for the for that. Um, and then there will be an Ableton one. Yes, there's going to be also an Ableton one. Nice. We we want to try to keep keep that. You know, we're not just a hardware um, mm. organization. Um, so yeah, and we have our open hours, which we're we're starting. You know, we have one tomorrow, um, and uh, we also are like doing that sort of open hours tabling at um, at a fundraising event um, on Sunday. Um, yes, uh, we have a partner organization called My Voice Music that is also focused on music education here in Portland. Um, They're specifically for youth music education. They have a big concert event coming up uh, on Sunday where we'll be setting up a table with some gear as well. Yep. Very cool. Uh, that is so cool. I'm, I'm like, I'm, this doesn't often happen. I can usually kind of like at least pull stuff out of, you know, out of, out of the, corners of my brain to keep conversations going but like um you're doing I'm, good i'm just spinning I'm, my wheels are spinning because i'm just so excited about all of this stuff and i'm like just like it's really making me wish i lived in portland now we were just talking about that and i'm like fuck out because i would really like to be more involved with something like this actually thomas i think i was yep. telling you like there's this building down the the road from the house that my house and uh it's just this tiny little building and it's been vacant pretty much since we bought the house and it's for rent but no one's using it for anything and like the first thing i thought of i was like i would love <laughs> to do a little like synth library thing there and um yeah i just need to find somebody who knows how to like start and fund a nonprofit and then keep me wrangled um and on track so anyone out there listening wants you maybe we could do like a we could do like a whole west coast chain have people set them up like every you know, 45 <laughs> yeah, miles. totally, totally. Then. I love, I love that idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, one thing that's changed this year too is we've been focusing on um, because it does. You know, this stuff does take a lot of work and and effort um, to put together. Um, and so we've tried to expand our volunteer base, and we we definitely want reach out if you're in the Portland area and you want to get involved. Um, and um, I think it, it, like you're. Uh, sort of um, rule of thumb is like, what was it? The amount of people that you need. You always need like more people than you think. Yes, to- that's the big advice <laughs> that we've given to folks who have emailed us from other cities and say they want to start something. You'll always need more help than you think you will. This is this this type of endeavor is super fun and super rewarding, but also really hard work. And it's easier when you've got a team. So yeah, build yeah. a team. I imagine too, like you you get you know you get these big ideas and you have the the enthusiasm to get something started and then like everything like that pops up that's a roadblock or just things that like you never would have occurred to you you know like you have to get in and like actually have that experience to like learn how to navigate just all the different you know roadblocks that trying to do something like that that takes like organization and follow through you know <laughs> um that's a really yes good point. and of course like a lot of arts nonprofits it's always a struggle to come up with the funds to be able to sustain your organization so that's yeah. a that's something we think about a lot we're kind of forced to think about money more than we want to but um we've we've been good at getting some grant funds we're still fighting that battle all the time i think anyone in the nonprofit space kind of knows that that's a hustle you have to engage in all the time 
Mm-hmm. And if anyone um, knows of, of grants to apply to or has any information <laughs> for us rely, we're, on that, you know, we're, we're very receptive. So, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And think of us when you're, think of us when you're doing your estate planning as well. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Well, we have a few more minutes left here and um, I'm just kind of curious and it, I'm, it's a bit of a put you on the spot question. So, uh, you know, no worries if you can't think of anything, but is there any one experience or person or anything um, that, that pops into mind when you think about like the, all, you know, all the, like when you think about your involvement with the, the synth library and one of those, mo- you know, a moment that makes you feel like this is, this is why I, this is why I want to do this. Like this is, of course I want to do it with, for the philosophical and the, 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 the grand idea of it. But like, have you had any proof in the pudding moments as they say? Oh, so many, too many, too many to count. Um, you know, we were, blessed to have our own physical space for years and years. So we had so many concerts, so many DJ nights, so many workshops where new students were reached, um, so many artist residencies and visual arts exhibitions. And um, it's been, it's been a crazy few years so much that it's hard to sort of pull out individual stories out of that. But I'd say um, really that all of this work keeps me excited about since in a way that I might not be otherwise. You know, I've been working for synth companies since 2008. I mentioned Bleep Labs and 4MS, but also I worked at Dark Place and um, I've made stuff for LZX and other manufacturers. And it's um, it's something where you can take this kind of thing for granted if you're around it all the time. But then mm-hmm. as soon as I spend time with folks that are our students who are new to this and see the joy that it brings to them, I live vicariously through them and it makes me excited again. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that living vicariously um, definitely rings true. It's, you, yeah, you forget sort of what you know. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about teaching is seeing sort of um, putting yourself in in their shoes and seeing people's faces when they're starting to understand, like like just last night at Control Voltage doing an intro workshop and just just like modulating a a, a filter with with an LFO and people's minds are blown and uh-huh. and so so <laughs> wonderful to see. Um, I guess the other like single moment would be um, uh, like some of the modular on the spots have been really beautiful experiences. Um, and um, yeah, uh, like I know um, two, two summers ago was when I just, just like first, first played and um, uh, I was just so grateful to have like an opportunity to, to dip my toes into the water of, of performing music and we hope to sort of like encourage more people to do that, to, to do it for your first time, even if you don't um, entirely know what you're doing. So we want to try to reduce the friction there. And um, we've, we've definitely had some students in the last couple of years who have borrowed gear through our lending program and then used it for performances, yep. some of their first performances. So yeah, that's I love really that. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just borrowed the subharmonicon for 
like last week's performance. I think you buzzed yeah, seven or eight subharmonicons for the mods oh, that we played together. <laughs> that was four, four, four Mother 32s. Oh, that's that what was, it was. That was right. a bit of a mess, but uh, yeah. it was I fun. I forgot you have been on Pod Mod because I did the, the Mott's Portland episode. So you're, yeah, you're showing, showing up that. with a case that was half empty. That was, that was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first and only Mott's that I've played. Well, so. next year I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna force it on you again. So I can't wait. Yeah, I love coming down there. Like I said, um, so yeah, everything will be in the show description for how to get a hold of the synth library and, and um, yeah, everything we've talked about. But as everyone knows who listens to the show, I always like to give the last few minutes to let the guests scream whatever they'd like from the modular mountaintops. That's a, that's such a tall responsibility. <laughs> it's very open ended on purpose. People take it in very weird directions sometimes, and I I love to see where it goes. I'll say well, okay. I'll say one thing for the library, which is just just a reminder to um, hit up our give guide campaign, um, donate ten or more dollars, and and you can be entered into a relatively small pool of people who can win a, there's going to be two separate winners. So a, okay. a 4MS stereo triggered sampler and uh, a 1010 uh, music fireball. Um, and then I guess from the modular mountaintop, um, <laughs> I think don't underestimate the modular as a tool for sort of personal meditative practice that can, um, you know, I think it is just like this palette in front of you where you can create feedback between your body and, and sound. Um, it can be a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. I've described it as a mandala. It's like, it's an exercise in impermanence. Cause once you wipe away the, the, yep. the sand painting of cables, it's gone. You know? so. Yes. That's beautiful. Um, you know, everybody's relationship to synthesis is, is so different. I think my only, advice maybe is to is to take in everyone's advice but don't feel like you have to follow all of it or do things a certain way or someone else's way um you know there are people out there who will religiously say like you have to have as a small a setup as possible and and you can't just keep buying modules well i'm here to say that that's fine <laughs> for some people but i also like the opposite approach which is buy as many pieces of gear as you possibly can and i also don't see a value in feeling too much pressure to to have a product. I, I value the process more than yes, the product. And so definitely. there are people who want to make you feel like you're, you're doing it wrong if you don't have some albums released or you're not performing some number of shows per year. Or, you know, I, I don't think that success has to be measured that way. I think you can have an amazing experience making music and not worry about whether it gets released or not, or whether it's finished or not, or whether it has some number of streams. Um, you know, totally. I personally enjoy performing because it gives me a chance to connect with people in a space, but I could take it or leave it when it comes to like putting some music on Bandcamp or a streaming service. I don't know if someone's downloading an MP3 or how they feel about it when they listen to it. But if I play music in a space for people, then I can actually talk with them yeah. and see how it affects them and, and have more of a dialogue. Let go of your guilt. If you don't have music out there, or if you're, even if you're, you know, if you're not playing shows, that's fine. Like don't, I, I think a lot of people have this unnecessary guilt built up and it's completely, um, 
I don't know, artificial. It you can you don't have to pay attention to that. It's it's not real. Yeah, life's hard enough as it is. Don't don't just pile that on your on it. Like I totally agree with that. And that as somebody who, you know, at the beginning of and through a lot of my journey as an artist, was very concerned with with uh how many people were listening or how many people are going to get out be at the show. Um no matter how many downloads I've got no matter how many people have showed up at any show, I have never once got the that feeling that I get when I actually have like a real connection with somebody through a shared love of something um, or when I'm just really enjoying myself and not committing it to, you know, some sort of digital tape or something, but really just becoming the process and, and, and just experiencing that um that kind of mini ego death for a little bit it's it's that's 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 the business right there that's that's the good stuff in my opinion so i'm glad you y'all mentioned that yeah links to everything in the show description and thanks again for for coming on giving me your time thank you tim yeah thanks bye all right, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you again to Max and Thomas from the Synth Library in Portland. Links to everything Synth Library Portland in the show description, along with our sponsors, 4MS, Afterlater Audio, Novation, and Patchworks. I've got the new Christmas album on Bandcamp. Link to that in the show description. And if you'd like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at Podular Modcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast or podularmodcast.com and check out the store. This week's secret word is, let's just go right on the nose and do library. Until next week.